0: Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald and I will be your host as we continue on this journey of exploring all the signals love is sending to us and through us. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are, episode five. And for today's episode, I wanted to build off of last week. I wanted to build off of this idea of parts work and explore the idea of integrity and self-honesty. And I feel like parts work is such a beautiful intro to this because in a way, parts work is such such a great um, kind of gentle opening to considering being more honest about how we really feel, right? It's not that all of me is freaked out, it's that part of me is freaked out. It's not that all of me is mad, part of me is mad. It's not that all of me Wants to do the 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 safe thing. Just part of me wants to do the safe thing. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, I please I encourage you to. It's really rich, and I even give some really great journal prompts for how to do parts work in your journal with yourself. If you don't have a coach or a therapist, you want to do it with. And I have really been loving thinking about integrity and self honesty, and I think that sometimes there's this confusion that um, it's not loving or that like being honest is, is brutal, right? There's that phrase, brutally honest, or the phrase, the hard truth, right? There's the heaviness to those phrases and to that idea of like being really honest. But I think when we really sit with it, when we really investigate what happens when we're honest with ourselves, especially about how we feel, and and the truth of our experiences, right? Like, I didn't like that experience, or I did like that experience, or gosh, I said yes when I meant to say no, or oh, I said no when I meant to say yes. All of those insights and realizing like, wow, you know what, I, I wasn't being true to myself in that moment. Being honest about that in the present is so empowering, and that's something that ties into this idea that I was talking about last week of when we're honest with ourselves, when we're, when we're loving with ourselves, there's compassion that comes with that. There's understanding that comes with that. And there's a lot of empowerment. I really see that comes from being loving with ourselves because I think, you know, people can often confuse being loving with being like passive and like overly permissive, but, I love thinking about the fierce love of a parent, a mom, a dad. I love thinking about how they could be fierce of like, I love you. Like I think about um, one of my friends has a toddler and she'll say to him, like, I love you and I'm not going to let you do that right now because you're not being safe with your body. So you have to stop because you're not being safe. Like if he's, you know, trying to run out into the street or something like that. Right. And, and I love that example of fierceness in parenthood because that is love, right? Love does include, no, love does include honesty. And I actually think sometimes the most loving thing we can do for ourselves and for the people we really truly love is to be honest with them and to trust that they can, they can handle it, right? They can feel whatever comes up for them, and move forward as they need to, right? They can go through whatever process they need to go through to to understand, to find peace, all of that. So on this note of integrity and honesty, I decided to pick up the beautiful book, Martha Beck's book, The Way of Integrity. Finding the Path to Your True Self. This is such an awesome book. If you guys don't know about Martha Beck, she is, you know, a coach among coaches. She's she's an amazing coach. She has an amazing life story with many aspects that are very profound. Um, and this book, I don't know exactly when it was written. I think it was maybe even written in 2020. I think it's a more recent book of hers. Um, is so beautiful. And in it, she uses Dante's Inferno, which is a really wonderful text that I would love to talk about in a future episode. Um, but she uses that as a way to kind of map basically how we can go through. Cause the Dante and in Dante's Inferno travels through, um, like the dark wood of Error, uh, and then into purgatory and then into hell or no, what is it? And purgatory then hell, or maybe hell is after purgatory anyway, or purgatory is after hell. You probably get the point. He travels through all these different realms. He travels through all the layers of hell and then comes all the way through and gets to experience paradise in the end, paradise as in heaven. And she talks about how that is a journey for each of us that we can go through many times as we become honest with ourselves, as we find the way of integrity. And it's such a beautiful idea. And there's something, it's it hits that note of fierce love to me that feels alchemical, right? It feels transformative. So I was leafing through this book. I've read it, but I, it's one of those books that I want to read many times. And I was leafing through it thinking about this topic and I found this passage that I wanted to share. To our heart, the ring of truth feels like a flower opening up. In total integrity, we're completely available to all emotions. Overwhelming love, deep grief, terrible anger, sharp fear. This emotion may be painful, but it doesn't cause the intense, dull suffering we feel in the dark wood of error. And so when she speaks of the dark wood of error, that's basically where we're kind of lost. We've lost our way. We've lost touch with ourselves. We've lost that sense of ourselves. I'll continue. The emotional pain of a hard truth is eased by our soul's response to aligning with reality. Around and beyond mere emotion, we feel a sense of freedom, a vast openness includes all aspects of our experience. We connect with an unalterable stillness around and within us. There's space for pain there's space for joy. And the space in which all sensation happens is made up of absolute well-being. It is, we are, a perfect, fertile nothingness in which everything, even pain, has a useful place. So, once again, that is Martha Beck from her book, The Way of Integrity finding the path to your true self and before that she's speaking about and that's page 57 if you guys have a copy and you want to open it up (laughs) um before that she's talking about how when we hear truth we relax like the way that our bodies respond to truth is we relax and our minds kind of recognize it in that like aha or i get it or oh this makes sense um and so she's basically talking about ways to get in touch with your own inner teacher, your own inner truth, which is such a beautiful thing. And I think it says so much that the body relaxes when there's truth. To me, that shows that there's openness, there's space for curiosity. There's sp- Because curiosity to me is a very open, relaxed, kind of alive. To be relaxed and alert, or relaxed and alive is such a gorgeous combination because that's when you can learn, that's when you can grow, that's when you can create. So beautiful stuff, right? (laughs) Um, And I've been wanting to talk about somatics, which is kind of the objective, or sorry, not the objective, the subjective, so like your own personal experience of sensations in your body. Because I really think that somatics ties into this quest for truth and this quest for integrity inside of ourselves. Um, Because the feelings we have in our bodies, there's something simple about them. There's something clear and direct. Our minds can make things really complicated. Uh, and and especially our logical mind once it gets in there. And, and it has all of its own preferences and beliefs based on like, oh, well, this is safe, but this isn't safe, and this will get us our needs met, but this other thing won't get our needs met. And so to drop beneath the chatter of the mind and to feel into what the body is saying I've found time and time again, and I've witnessed this with clients and friends and just mentors and oh, so many people say that the body, that's that's where the integrity resides, and that's where the intuition resides. And I I can still think about there's a time in my life where I felt so confused, this was like over a decade ago, where I felt so confused about what was going on in a certain situation and whether I was I was doing something wrong the other person like what was going on what well, what did I need to do I felt so freaked out but when I trace it back it's like my my body was sending such a clear signal of this isn't right we don't we don't like this we could talk ourselves into making it work but it's not working this was a roommate situation I was in and it was so soothing to me to realize that all the mental confusion that I felt about it, in a way, was beside the point. The truth that was resounding and that was consistent, consistent, how gorgeous is that, all throughout the experience was the way that my body felt like, mm, no, this isn't right. And how, how, how do I know that that's what my body was telling me? right? If you he were here, I imagine you'd ask me that. <laughs> and I've done quite a bit of training around somatic psychology, which is basically using the body as a as a window to insights about yourself. And so we do all these different practices of, of moving our bodies in ways that kind of maybe seemed odd or just felt good to us or felt right. And then we try doing certain things like, well, what happens here and what happens there? And Basically, we were doing all these practices to map and become familiar with our bodies and the sensations in them. But you don't have to do all that study to access this tool, this, I don't even wanna call it a tool, it feels so much more profound than that. This incredible resource that lives inside of you, that lives as you in in this home of your physical body. Because all it really takes is checking in. And you can do this right now if you feel like you can uh, tune in. You don't even have to close your eyes, but that can help. And just tune in. And I want you to take a moment to just notice how your body feels in this moment. You can scan from the top of your head all the way down to your toes and notice any, any areas that feel tense. And maybe you don't have any. Maybe you have a lot. And then scan and notice for any areas that feel light or expansive. And then you can scan and notice for any areas that feel neutral. Or like you barely even notice they're there. For me, that would be like my pinky toes right now just feel like mm, they're just coasting. <laughs> and so basically just looking for, okay, do I feel, do I feel contraction or tension or heaviness? Or do I feel lightness and expansion and ease? Maybe even like a relaxation, right? Those two kind of polarities, tension, relaxation, heaviness, lightness, all of that. I'm, I'm kind of putting one hand out and then another hand out to show that they live on these two sides. Mapping your, your feelings based on if you feel tension, heaviness, etc., or lightness expansion is a wonderful way to basically hear this message that's coming from your body about any situation. And now sometimes this can get tricky, right? Like, like if you're nervous to present, um, talking in front of a crowd or whatever, you might feel, you might be like, I want to do this. I want to go out there and sing that song, or I want to go out there and give that amazing presentation but your body might be doing some tension and all of that. And so it's interesting because I think in certain ways, these body cues can be so helpful because they're sending us really clear signals about if something is right for us or not, if something is in integrity or not. And then there's other times where they're kind of stirred up because we have these ideas and maybe some fears about what would go on in that situation. And maybe that's based on past experiences. Maybe that's based on ideas that we've heard about what could happen. Um, And when it comes to those, there's, there's often a lot of narrative going along with the body sensation. I won't say that that's absolutely true. But oftentimes the brain is doing a whole thing. It's maybe even vividly imagining a whole scenario while those body sensations are going on. And if that happens for you around something where you're like, gosh, I wanna move forward. I really wanna move forward with this. I really wanna start giving amazing speeches, or I really wanna perform on a stage, or I really wanna do whatever it might be. Tapping EFT, which is a modality that I am a coach in and that I have loved since I was like, I don't know, 13? (laughs) A long time. Um, Over half my life at this point. It's a wonderful modality to help basically reassure the brain and reassure the body and send a calming signal to the body to remind you that you're, you are safe in that moment right before you go on stage or you are right, safe in that moment right before you give your speech so that you can kind of repattern that, right? Because sometimes these sensations come up and they're more associated with ideas we have and not reality. So, of course, as with everything there's nuance and to bring it back to, from our little, our nice little (laughs) detour to talk about tapping and mental stories that can create physical sensations of discomfort, let's circle back to the body as the compass for whether we're in integrity or not. And this is something I'd love for you all to play with and maybe something you are already familiar with, but it's a wonderful way to check in. And for me, I will say, I don't like to narrow it in too much for people because everybody has their own somatic experience. And that being said, I have found that most people seem to experience most sensation basically from you know their, the root chakra or like the very base of their torso all the way up into their head. Really a, a lot of times it'll end kind of around the throat, but it can be all the way up into the head. So you might feel sensations in your head, in your face, in your neck, in your shoulders, in your chest your heart, in like the the solar plexus area, the pit of your stomach, uh, just your overall stomach, your deep low belly, your hips. And so a lot of times it seems like most sensation happens in these areas. And actually, as I'm saying that out loud now, I realize I know there have been studies about how there's gray matter in the the abdomen because it's like around the small intestine and all that. I'd have to double check and look it up. Do your own research. <laughs> but um, I have heard about that, that the gut often is communicating with the brain. There's these, this whole communication pathway there. Um, and especially when you think about it, so much of the nervous system right, comes from the head and then down the spine and then fans out to the rest of our body from there, including our limbs. And the nervous system is part of what we're talking about communicating with. And I really feel that that's part of what Martha Beck is talking about, right? The body relaxes when there's truth. And for me, I think part of why I love, including love, in this whole exploration of being in integrity, is that for me, it's like, it's like a beautiful, it's a beautiful hand that's holding and carrying the process with this kindness, this gentleness, this I, like this whole like feels like the energy of I've got your back, I'm here. It's gonna be okay. We can do this. We can we can face reality and come into integrity together. And I know that it's gonna be worth it. I know it's gonna be good. It's like love in in that moment becomes a form of light, right? Love as the light that's willing to shine. Upon the truth and illuminate it. So that reminds me of a few things, which I will make notes about later. <laughs> um, so with this in mind, I, and kind of as a an extension of last week's episode, I wanted to read you a very short, very like tender, sweet love letter I wrote. This was just April of 2021, so kind of coming to the end of the year-long daily love letter project. And I feel like this is such a beautiful example of me talking to a part of myself. There was a big part of me this day that was feeling a lot of fear, and I decided to write the love letter that day specifically to that part. And this just feels like such a sweet continuation of of uh, what we were exploring last week. And I feel like this is such a beautiful way to think about if we are honest with ourselves, right? If we are honest, like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. I am so afraid. There's so much fear here and finding ways to sit, to be honest with it and to not let that feeling take over, right? Like love for me, part of that hand that's holding the process feels like love can carry me through so that I can be brave. I can move forward and honor how I feel throughout which is really cool to realize because I think, you know, I I I love honoring emotions and, and I'm a pretty tender uh-uh, <laughs> emotional person. I've had many feelings throughout my life and I think that that's beautiful and I know that sometimes emotions can become very destructive forces in people's lives and I think that part of, for me, what love signals is all about is finding ways to let love bolster us and carry us through so that we have that foundation, that hand holding us, cupping, cupping you know, the, the waters of our experience and carrying it. Um, there's something so, so soothing about that, and I think it helps the feelings um, from completely overwhelming us. So I'm gonna make a little note here really quickly. You might hear my pen scratching. (laughs) Okay, very cool. So this is this is a live exploration experience. So that's probably why I'm making notes. This is ah, that's one of the things I love about this podcast, is it the process of creating it is an act of love for me. And I feel like I'm learning so much as I go along. So this, this is a form of self-dialogue, really. Uh, and I know I've named this before, but like, I know people are out there listening, and you'll eventually listen, but in this moment in time, I'm just sitting in the very hot, <laughs> unfinished little creative studio that Dylan and I have created here, and uh, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> so um, it's beautiful, though, to, to be in this dialogue with myself and then with with this kind of imagined connection to all of you. So thank you for being here. I really mean that. So with that, I'll read this little love letter. Hello, fear. I love you. I am listening. I am here. Loving you always. You're safe here with me. I have so much love to give to you. I have so much gratitude for you. I'm so glad you are here, and I'm eager to know you and learn from you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping me. So, there's a few parts to that that I want to highlight. One, thank you for helping me, come from Matt Kahn's book, Everything is Here to Help You, (laughs) because he talks about how that's such a powerful lens to look at life, right? What if everything's here to help us? And so I've loved including that, thank you for helping me because it's a powerful phrase that I feel like lights up my brain to start to look for proof of how something is here to help me, right? Rather than this shouldn't be happening, this is the worst, my brain goes to Right about this, what, what can I learn from this? How, how can I make the most of this? And in Stoicism, I think this idea would fit into the obstacle is the way, right? Whatever we're faced with, if we engage with it in a way where we're ready to learn, eager to be honest, and willing to be brave and, and bring our best selves as much as possible each step of the way, we can turn that obstacle into fuel to light the fire of our hearts. And the other thing I want to highlight about this is being welcoming and kind to these parts of ourselves is something I find helps them to relax. It's like they stop acting out the most intense, panicked version of whatever's going on and they can start to relax and start to share their wisdom or maybe they relax enough that other wisdom can come through, and one of the ways that I find it's really easy to genuinely feel this, this um, welcoming and and eagerness for the parts of ourselves, especially when it's really hard. Because like, you know, I spend a lot of time with fear and sadness, um, and those feel like parts I'm able to really welcome in quite quite easily. Anger can be a little harder for me, and then I know there's specific narratives that can be really hard for me to welcome in. And so I find one of the best ways to, for me at least, to think of those parts is as young children. Like they're like these little innocent children and knocking on the door of my heart, knocking on the door of my mind saying, hey, I'm freaking out, you know, I'm upset. I'm not not okay. And when I imagine these parts, rather than these scary ghouls, right? When I see them as these innocent children, I'm able to slow down and really genuinely connect with a lot of love and compassion of like, whoa, hey, what's going on? Matt Kahn talks about this idea of whatever emotion is coming up, it's the next in line to be loved, right? The, he, he, he likes to talk about things as like, there's no problem to solve, there's no nothing to fix, which... I agree with, and sometimes I'm like, well, maybe sometimes it's it's a useful paradigm to see it as like, okay, there's a problem and we're going to solve it, right? Sometimes we need that paradigm and that's what's most useful to us. Um, But I do think there's something beautiful about shifting out of the fixing paradigm and into the loving paradigm and letting things unfold from there. Um, and, And so seeing each part as the next in line to be loved, to me, that brings us back to curiosity and an eagerness to understand, which blends and weaves in with it, this beautiful compassion. And so parts work. Another way to think about that is just whatever's showing up is the next in line to be loved. And I really like that. and maybe it's a little child self. The oh, the other thing I want to say about that. I'm having a memory. I think I've experienced this. This is so funny. I can't remember if this was I was doing like a little coaching session on myself, which I've done a fair amount of in my life with journaling, but then also with kind of voice memos or things like that. Um or if this was with a client, but I vividly remember that we had identified, we whether it was me and me pretending to be my own coach, <laughs> or it was me and another person, I forget, but we had identified that there was this part that was this really scary, um, kind of cloaked, angry, menacing figure. And as we did some rounds of tapping and acknowledged kind of this, the, all the feelings, all the sensations in the body that were coming up, all of that, we checked in again and again with that, that figure, that, that kind of being. And there's this beautiful moment where it's like the facade of that person being scary and being so intimidating and, and dark and hooded and all of that melted away. And there was this sweet little girl there the child self, whether I forget if it was my child self or or this client's child self, and this child self was what remained. And, and she just wanted to be hugged. She just wanted to be comforted. And it was so tender. It almost makes me want to cry now thinking about it because I think that symbol is so true and almost like archetypal, the level at which it shows up again and again and again in so many ways that the wounded innocence, if it's not cared for, if, the, if, if there's some sense of getting cut off from love, getting cut off from a sense of being okay, it can morph into this, right? It can kind of callous over and become all this anger, all this pain which can then become a very threatening energy. So, this stuff is deep, right? That's kind of what I'm struck by as I say that. This stuff is deep, and I think being kind and attentive to the parts of ourselves as if they are innocent children. And for and if it's children don't resonate for you, I know. Some days I'm like, yeah, little kids, great. Some days I'm like, mm, not so much. So if if a better um, example would be like animals, like like innocent animals, even baby animals, or or even like plants, right? Like if if there's other symbols of of how you want to kind of see these parts, go for that. I I find most people are able to really connect with this idea of like a child, especially if it's their own inner child. And um, Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about that. I didn't list this out at the beginning. And as you know, I love lists. I have a list written down in front of me. (laughs) Um, But I'm curious how this goes for you all. How how do you see the relationship between being honest with ourselves and self-love, right? Self-honesty and self-love. How do they interact for you? Does self-honesty feel harsh or aggressive, does, does maybe does your honesty need some more time to connect with love, to feel even more empowering, even more um, gentle and, and subsequently, I imagine, dynamic? Because if this wasn't clear already, I feel like I mentioned this in the last episode, but I found it to be true for myself and I, I see it time and time again that when we bring love and self-compassion we're actually able to do things with the honesty and with the self-awareness and with that integrity. Rather than going into a shame spiral or just getting frozen um, with the truth, if it's if it's maybe an uncomfortable truth, we're able to see it, to breathe into it, to be like, okay, I love myself. I, I know that I can do better next time. And I am grateful for this opportunity to see more clearly and to move forward based on that clear vision, that clear insight. So I'm curious how this goes for you all. Please email me anytime, love signals podcast at gmail.com. That's love signals, plural, podcast doc, at gmail.com. <laughs> and I also would love it if you guys are enjoying this podcast and join this information please share it let your friends know about it um i think maybe you can i know you can subscribe (laughs) i don't think you can like it you could leave a rating if you'd like too these are all things that help spread the message get it out there more and please know that even if you're just here listening and that's all you do i'm really grateful to share this time with you and i I'm so excited to see what comes next. So with that, I'll leave you with our beloved quote by Abraham Hicks with my little add-on. There's so much love here for you. And I hope that you get to feel and see and experience these signals of love finding you more and more each day. All right, take care.